0: Welcome to series two of my podcast, Innovation, where we get to hear stories and experiences of incredible women in science and technology. Not only will you get insights into some fascinating innovations, but you may also even relate to their stories, especially if you're a little unconventional or non-conforming. As with all science and technology, what these women do for a living has a real impact on all of our lives. And we often don't realize it. But here on Innovation, I'm also giving women a platform for them to be heard or for us to be inspired and uplifted by what they've learned along their life's journeys, both personally and professionally. This week, I talked to Anna Gates, a civil engineer working in nuclear
1: power engineering. My name's Anna um, and I'm a civil engineering degree apprentice. I currently work for EDF Energy, um, based in Hinckley Point C in Somerset.
0: I have recently discovered, and I'm very embarrassed to say
1: this, that Hinkley Point C
0: is a nuclear power plant that we're developing in the UK, as you said, in Somerset, and it's going to be opened soon. Um,
1: We actually haven't built a nuclear power station in the UK for 20, 25 years now, so um, a lot of the the fleet of EDF are, are starting to shut down, coming to the end of their life. So we've discovered a need for a new nuclear power station, um, which is Hinkley Point C. So Hinkley Point C comes into the, the equation. It's um, a new power station, and it will be powering six million homes. Um, and we're hoping to get the first reactor on 2025. Gosh, and has there been sort of
0: much um, sort of controversy over the fact that the UK in a couple of years... Uh, will have nuclear power
1: yeah there's plenty of controversy about it um but actually if you look at the other side of the equation where a lot of the energy supply in the uk at the moment is nuclear um we're currently shutting down so there's eight nuclear power stations in the uk owned by edf and they're slowly shutting down so the nuclear baselines the baseline that supports our energy supply at the moment is much slowly getting smaller and smaller so that um it's a, a low carbon energy. Um, so alongside there, you've got renewables such as wind and solar. But nuclear is one of the most reliable sources of energy that we have in the UK. So it's really, um, when you look at it in, in that sort of side of things, it's it's so key that we have this new power station. Um, even though it is nuclear, there are um, obviously risks and things, but it's a new design um, and they are... Um, there's there's loads of loads of good things about it as well as um, kind of mitigating all the the stereotypically negative things about the the station. So
0: I have to draw attention to the fact that you're kind of half whispering because you're at university right now, aren't you? Yes, tell me I about am. <laughs> tell me about your sort of um, I guess it's studies slash apprenticeship hands on work that you're
1: doing so I do a degree apprenticeship um, which is um, kind of a part-time degree part-time working Um, so I do it's five years in total um, and I work on Hinkley Point C but at the same time I'm getting my degree in civil engineering Um, I'm currently on my block release which is I'm a bit quieter. <laughs> no, I'm not in the office. I'm um, actually at the university at the moment. So we do block release. Um, we do all our modules. We do coursework, um, all our labs, seminars, tutorials, a lot. And we try and squeeze that into eight weeks of the year. Um, and so it works out over the five years, so something like forty weeks. Um, so a lot of credits to squeeze into that time. Um, and then I kind of at the same time are working towards my Incorporated Engineer with the Institute of Civil Engineers. So that's um, a qualification that I'm trying to, to kind of put alongside the apprenticeship. Why did you feel that an apprenticeship was the right choice for you? After a lot of consideration, I think like when I did my A-levels, so I did maths, physics and geography um, at sixth grade, Um and the sixth form I went to are quite keen. I kind of followed that traditional route, did an apprentice, so <laughs> did a degree, um, so I applied to uni, was kind of on the way to do Civil engineering degree, and I sort of um, did a bit of research. My I talked to my parents a little bit, and they kind of had found out about these degree apprenticeships. and so they're relatively new at the time. Um, but the more I looked into it, the more it kind of appealed to me—the sort of hands-on side of things. I was like, well, actually, I could learn like the practicalities of engineering alongside learning and getting a degree, and a degree being a, a hugely um, commendable qualification alongside the apprenticeship and kind of getting rid of those stereotypes because I I had loads of stereotypes about apprenticeships at the beginning Um, and then I looked the more I looked into it the more it appealed to me I could actually be doing this hands-on being an engineer at the same time as getting my degree so that's the reason I went for it in the first place.
0: So what were your stereotypes of an apprentice
1: before you (laughs) actually? (laughs) Where to start I think the classic one is an apprentice and makes the tea. Um, an apprentice kind of only comes out with a a low-level qualification and that they kind of stay at that low level for the rest of their lives. Uh, They're not as educated because they don't um, get a degree. And I kind of have smashed all three out of this park. (laughs) I go to work every day. I get my PPE on and I'm definitely not making tea. (laughs) I'm out on site. I'm currently in the environmental team. So I'm going out there ensuring environmental compliance in the site. Um, Other roles I've done involve um looking at delays making sure that um delays and any kind of th- anything that's going wrong on site and getting in the way of progress to get that sorted out and so there's no tea making to be made I'm not at my desk long enough to make a cup of tea <laughs> um and actually I'm we don't have much tea. time to even have a cup of tea either yeah <laughs> exactly no time to make a cup of tea I'm very grateful if anyone if my manager makes me a cup of tea but I don't make him make. <laughs> Um, yeah and um, I mean I'm getting a degree and that's a really commendable qualification
0: yeah I mean what I've learned about apprenticeships is one they're such a smart decision when it comes to engineering especially because engineering is such a hands-on profession and you know learning the theory doesn't necessarily get you um, the real knowledge that you need for a career yeah. in engineering so yeah, exactly. um, I also have learned that it is a huge amount of work because you're packing so much into five years. So what's
1: it been like for you? It's been a steep learning curve. I think Um, just like coming from sixth form and just your only thing you focus on is those exams, passing the exams, and then you come out the other side of it, qualifications in hand. Whereas an apprenticeship, especially the degree apprenticeship, you've got deadlines from work, you've got coursework that you need to submit, you've got revision for exams, you've got um, developing all your soft and hard skills, getting your KSBs for your apprenticeship, making sure you get your um, attributes for your qualifications, so engineering technician, incorporated engineer, any of those qualifications you bring at the same time, so it's incredibly important to be organised, just have um, my my friend, she's got like a diary that's just got, it's just jam-packed with all deadlines, all assignments, I've got, you know, I've got my university calendar, I've got my maps so of everything just organizing the work making sure you didn't miss anything and the first year definitely a struggle second year again was a struggle now i'm in my third year kind of getting into the swing of things making sure that i like i don't repeat the mistakes i've made previously you know submitting <laughs> a, a, a submit assignment you know two minutes before deadline is not something <laughs> i want to repeat so yeah just steep learning curve but being organized and, and getting it all done uh, is definitely possible <laughs> do you mind me asking how old you are i'm 20 yeah <laughs> wow. so i came i came straight from sick so form 18 straight into champion <laughs> because something
0: that really strikes me about engineering apprentices is just how much more mature <laughs> you yeah. oh. are. Yeah. so um Do you see that difference between you and maybe um, your sixth form
1: friends who maybe chose university? I do. Yeah, I think because we have to balance so much and also we're in like a workplace with um, graduates, adults, you know, people who aren't necessarily my age group. I think it definitely brings you up to kind of like I mentioned, you know, I started saving for my pension when I was 18. Uh, you know, I'm paying rent. them. I'm, you know, I've got bills to pay. I've got all of this that necessarily my, my friends would sick form. They're graduating this year, but they don't have any of that in mind. And they're kind of applying for jobs now. I applied for this job when I was 18. I did an assessment centre, did interview. went to Bristol to go for this interview. You know, I had to suit on and everything. So I think there's definitely a difference in kind of mindset and where you are in, in maturity. Um, doing the friendship. So why nuclear power for you? I think for me, I've always had such a keen passion for the environment. Like growing up, all the headlines I ever heard were, you know, ice caps are melting, polar bears going extinct. Like I think it's always been something, I, I guess a lot of people kind of refer to our generation as like the climate, um, climate generation, like people, like teenagers, like Thunberg and, um, um, kind of raising awareness and being like, actually, we're quite annoyed about this and we want to do something to change this. And I think that's why I went into civil engineering in the first place is I can now contribute to the infrastructure that's going to change our society. And I think that is why, bringing it back to nuclear power, I think point C, that's why I'm doing it because I'm building this massive piece of infrastructure that over its lifetime of 60, 80 years is going to save so much carbon compared to like oil and gas and those traditional energy forms so nuclear power is a low-carbon technology, and that, to me, is so important that I'm providing what, six million homes worth of low-carbon electricity um, and using my skills learning for myself as well, for so my friendship get my degree. So um, just trying to help the environment and move us on as a society to focus more on low-carbon solutions rather than the carbon-heavy solutions of the past.
0: What about the sort of risks to the environment in using nuclear power? Like, where do you stand on that?
1: I think um there's lots of like facets of it. Um and like the big one is nuclear waste um, and how we process that, but there are like experts in the field that process um nuclear waste and deal with the safety of that and make sure that there isn't any environmental damage over that and you know there's a great track record um in the uk with that so i think on that stance i just i trust the experts trust the nuclear engineers sort of doing all that kind of stuff um so yeah
0: what do we do with the waste just out of interest because i was actually socializing with friends this weekend and i we were all talking about it and um of saying that it
1: just gets dumped in the sea is that no it definitely doesn't get dumped in the sea anymore um i think there's like there's been bad things in the past um in europe in the uk um with like you know, if there is something missing stuff but it's all processed um some of it goes abroad i think um i'm not entirely sure about the power that you might see um because i'm so focused on all the structures that <laughs> the actual commissioning of the plan i've um not had too much involvement in personally um but i know it, that it, it gets processed in places like cellarfield um and yeah that's an extent of my knowledge but it doesn't definitely doesn't go in the sea <laughs> So
0: tell me what you are focusing on then um in terms of kind of like the area
1: of expertise that you're building. So at the moment I'm in the environment team um and so that's kind of ensuring the environmental compliance so a part of my role is making sure that the air the particulates of gas in the air are um of the right standard so I collect all the tubes that um like diffuse their the gas particulates into the tubes they go after the lab get sent off to see about basically like all the the plant that we have on site and if that is um producing too much sulfur dioxide, too much of other gases um and so we have like permits and we have um agreements with the environmental agency about how much we can um deal with that so that's part of my job um and also generally in the past i've done a bit of like site management so making sure that the actual operations and progress of the site are um going well we've done some experience in like the drawing office so when there's a problem out on site um say an environmental change where um some rebar isn't fitting in quite how they thought it would in the drawing and then we bought it to site it doesn't quite fit in so the steel is just not um not going to plan bring it up to the office and we'll look at it and say you know what are what are the what are the impacts of changing this? If we say actually don't worry about that still, you can miss it out and replace it here. Um, what's the structural change to that? Um, what's the environmental change? And then also what's the, the change to the like nuclear um, standard? So there's obviously a standard that we have to keep to um, it being a nuclear power station. Um, so is there any impact to nuclear safety? And that is, that is our overriding priority throughout the whole of the process. You might think, um, oh, just as soon as it gets switched on, that's when we start thinking about the nuclear safety of the plant. That's not the case. It's it's from the very get go. It's always been how can we protect the plant um, and how can we protect, protect the nuclear power station and make sure that it's of the right standard and um, making sure it's the right quality.
0: Wow. I mean, so much responsibility at the age of 20. <laughs> it's so awesome I mean you sound like a real pro I must say <laughs> So, I mean, what's the degree bringing to you because it sounds like your actual work experience is bringing you so much knowledge
1: it's incredible like sometimes I really do have to like close my eyes and think like how am I in this position where I'm, I've got all this responsibility and got all this knowledge um but Actually, if you take a couple of steps back, the theory comes from the university. You know, I'm, uh, modules this time, I've had geotechnics, I've had structural materials, structures and construction, project management. Um, and so all of those each have core skills in them that I can apply to my work. So for example, construction and site management, I'm learning like the theory of project management. So we have a concept, we have an idea, nuclear power station, right, who's gonna be involved in that? Who are the stakeholders? Who do we need to talk to in order to get this going? So we need to talk to the government, we need to talk to the environmental agency um, and all the stakeholders involved in that. And then something like structures, we're building um, a building that's going to house a turbine in it, a massive turbine. How are we going to make that structurally sound? So it's got vibrations, it's got force, it's got um, the earth underneath it. How is that all working and and adding together and, and having that understanding that comes from the uni And then seeing it in action on the the, maybe not necessarily designing (laughs) the turbine building but i know how in theory i know how someone sat there or probably quite a big team of people sat there and designed it and then now how it's it's being built on site so all all tied (laughs) in wow it just
0: sounds so incredible um are you working a lot with people like is it very
1: collaborative Oh, massively! I, I you can't be a civil engineer and not collaborate with people. Um, it's like it's always been just at the forefront of of my job, and like coming into it, an eighteen year old fresh out of school where really the most you ever work with people is maybe like a science lab or something, where you just have to work in a group. Um, but now you know the stakes are higher, and you need to talk to that person over there because they've got the information you need but then also someone has the information you have so you share that with them and you you figure out that you can work together and make the process two times easier um it's every day talking to people learning i I love it i love people (laughs) and i love um that aspect of the job it's such a crucial part of it can you give me a list of what kind of experts you get to work with um, so the guy I sit next to is um, a water and soils specialist. So he's um subject matter expert on water and soils. Honestly, any question you have about water, he's the guy. Um got structural engineers in the other office. So um if got an issue that I think might need to go to them, pass it on to them. And then they might also need my expertise on the environmental side. So they might ask for, you know, how how can this we're we're doing this structural change, but can't really think about it in the environmental aspect. Can you provide some light or like shed some light on that for us so work with them um, got environmental specialists marine biologists just sitting next to me uh well behind me um yes we've got we've got people who are experts in remediation so really good at taking out like contaminated land we've got just so many people it's it's hard to i could go on i can keep going <laughs> but there are just such is such a range of people at hinkley especially um it being such as seven thousand people on site there's just so many people I get so much knowledge from um and I think that's like a real benefit that I've got is I've got this massive network honestly my LinkedIn I never thought I didn't even know what LinkedIn was when I started this job and now I've got such a network of people I know that I can go to for career advice I know I can go to if I want a placement in their team um you know uh, and in the future if I ever want to come back to the job or if I want to I've moved on and want to see if there's got a job in water and soils and I know I can go straight to that guy and you know, you know put me in contact so yeah the benefit of a network is uh, so apparent to me these days. <laughs> How has your confidence helped you in what tends to be a very male-dominated world? It's definitely been a, been a massive journey I think when I first joined especially I just think I was so timid because I had never been in a situation like that I, you know i I've always been. I feel like I've always been quite adaptable, but I feel like I've been quite quietly adaptable. So just in the shadows, being able to fit myself into situations and um, kind of listen to people and observe them, and kind of then fit myself into the equation. But definitely, being in the last two years, my confidence has like skyrocketed. (laughs) I was definitely not always been this confident. Um, (laughs) What happened? honestly it's the apprenticeship honestly I I, I can't benefit I can't um, credit anything else but being in the workplace and kind of just being not forced to but like being put into situations where actually the only person people are relying on is you and the only pair of people that are meeting you know this person here and this person here the person in the middle is you so if you don't communicate with those two people then there's going to be a big mess basically and so when you get given that responsibility at first I was definitely like I can't do this please don't 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 give that don't give that work to me because I can't do it then I had a manager who's just very um, strong willed and stubborn maybe um, he won't like me saying that but <laughs> and he was just like no you've got to do it you've got to you've got to put yourself in that position you've got to do this piece of work and then at the end of it come out and think no oh, I actually I actually did that and you know then that is that's the confidence boost and it kind of has gone like like kept like a basically like a stairway just like keep little confidence boosts over time and then that kind of trajectory upwards um so I think I've always had confidence within me but I think being in this job has kind of brought out of me I kind of now I'm like loudly adaptable (laughs) rather than quietly adaptable Uh, I was I was just going to say about being in the male-dominated industry um that is like a it's a massive thing. Like I'm a woman, I'm also a young woman. Um, and not many of the, the teams I've been in have ever had a young woman in their team um, for the time that I've kind of hung around. So um I think it's again a, a case of just proving yourself um, and making sure that the people around you, even though you might not know how to react to you being there, you just kind of have to quietly like keep pushing away keep like affirming that yeah i'm here i'm here to do a job i'm not here because i'm a woman i'm not here because i'm a man i'm just here because i'm an engineer and i want to solve problems the same way that you do and so don't treat me any differently <laughs> and it's definitely not always easy um there have been situations where it hasn't been easy i haven't been able to stand up for myself because there are you know older guys and, and they've been in the construction industry for years and they've they're just a bit confused while you're there because they've never, you know, you've never, they've never had women sitting around the table trying to contribute. So it doesn't always come naturally, but actually a lot of the guys I talked to after my placements and kind of getting feedback from them, they were like, yeah, you know, we, we, you actually are quite assertive and you should like work on that. And it's really positive to have that confidence boost and recognise that people are, just everyone is really happy that I'm there. And it's tricky at times, but yeah, just a, be assertive and be confident
0: (laughs) wow it really sounds like you found your stride and um it's very inspiring to see that um what's the coolest thing
1: coolest engineering thing you've done so far hinky point is just like endlessly like every day there's something new that's just going on and was just like wow how, that, how does that even happen but we've I, I spoke about the turbine hole um and it's basically these massive blue steel columns that you'll see on all the Hinky Point social media um and basically just I was contributing to that kind of area and um I do like health and safety walk-arounds that kind of thing and environmental walk-arounds and just just to, I, uh, for me personally it was just being part of that being part of that project mm-hmm. that got these huge steel blue columns just up in the air somehow (laughs) um and just being part of the team that like alongside the contractor alongside all of the people in the office um just seeing those columns go up and being like well actually yeah I was a part of that team that got that there um and I think that's that must be the coolest thing just the people um and being part of the team um because I would never have imagined myself doing this two even five years ago so
0: So many people have a preconceived notion that to be in engineering, you've got to be really good at maths and physics. Um, What's your take on that? Is it true?
1: No, it's not true. (laughs) I think you have to have a passion for it. You have to have a passion for learning. And if you've got that, honestly, it can take you anywhere. I think there are people on my course, especially less academically inclined, more academically inclined, but then we learn from each other. And that's the beauty of the apprenticeship. Is that some people, if you're maybe less academically inclined, but maybe more practical, um, and then you're working in a team with someone who's maybe more academically inclined but less practical, you can share your practical skills. Everyone has skills that they are that are useful that people want to know about. And traditionally, if we view academia as like the highest tier of skills, then I, I don't think that's true. I I, I think that Everyone's skills are are equally as important and being able to present or being able to go out on site and solve a problem or going back to the office and writing up some incredible maths and physics equations to kind of get that solution. That's the point is that we all can share and learn from each other. Obviously, the university side of things is quite intense sometimes with the maths and the physics, but I've had guys who have done like um, BTEC qualifications at college. We've got guys who are you know, did A-levels, maybe didn't do as well, but have kind of worked hard to get themselves back up to the level that they need to be in terms of the, the university side of things. So, yeah, I don't think it's true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Your parents must be incredibly proud of you because, I mean, at the end of all of this really hard work, you're going to have pretty much a guaranteed job.
1: I mean, career path. Yeah, I think my uh, I think my parents are very happy that I uh, they won't have me back at home. <laughs> maybe they'll be sad. But um yeah, I think I yeah, I'm just in such a, a like an amazing position to think that actually when I finish this degree I could go anywhere. I could go abroad, I can go and do a masters, I can go and continue to work PDF. EDF. Maybe if size RC gets up and running in Suffolk, maybe I could go there. You know, there's just endless possibilities and I'm in a really fortunate position to be. In that place
0: yeah. <laughs> do you want to be doing what you're doing
1: ever? yes and no <laughs> I think I always want to be doing something engineering related but I think that the possibilities that I can take whether that's sort of like a geotechnical route or if that's a more structural route or even if I do structures for 10-15 years and then decide do you know what I don't think I want to do structures anymore I could do um geotechnics or I can do uh, foundations or I can go and be a site manager or I can go and be a project manager and that's what I love about engineering is that you can literally do anything at any time you can have career change I and mean, as long as you've got that experience um, that network you can go yeah. so, yes family.
0: <laughs> what would be your slice of the engineering that's that you're doing
1: I'd say my main like focus and and the kind of thing that I've enjoyed most as like a snapshot is like site management. So that's more of I'm a presence on site that is um, representing a team of people who want this thing to go. They want this thing to be constructed. They want to put uh, walls up, roof on, and people want to use this building. So I'm a part of that team that says, you know, Go down to site. All the people building the building the walls, building the roof. What are your problems? What do you have going on that um, we can? I can help you with. And being that link between oh, okay, so I've got a problem. This wall isn't quite right. This is isn't the right dimension, or we we have a problem with how we're going to actually the practicality of how we're going to build this wall. And um, I got back to the office and I talked with uh, specialists like structural engineers and. Project managers who have like a, a, a timetable that they want to stick to, and then I kind of alongside them come up with a solution, feed that back to the contractor, and then we'll have a solution. <laughs> and everything is completely smooth. <laughs> not, quite, it's not all the time.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's yeah. that's so clear. um Thank you for that. Yeah, because. You know what you do just sounds so impressive and kind of almost intimidating i'm just like wow she's like <laughs> telling people what to do like yeah. when would you say that you realized that engineering was for you
1: i think it would probably be around 15 16 kind of age um i was in secondary school and i went to an all-girls secondary school and they actually I had a big push when I was um, in year, sort of like year nine, year ten, year eleven, about getting girls into STEM. And so um, we had um, a guy, an engineer from Network Rail, who came into the school and he gave us a talk about what engineering was. And I don't know what happened, but a light bulb just went off of my brain, and I thought, "This is with me: maths, physics, solutions, infrastructure, the environment, everything." It kind of just all fitted into place, and I just thought, "This is, yeah." Civil engineering is what I want to do, um, or engineering at least. It took me a little bit longer to work out that I wanted to do civil engineering because there's so many facets of engineering. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's probably about 15. Um, we were kind of involved in, like, the STEM club at school. Um, it wasn't, like, a big STEM club. I think it was only about four of us, but <laughs> we sort of entered ourselves into silly little projects and, you know, just, just sort of things like that. And um, kind of that's what started the, the passion for it. Um, in a nutshell,
0: what would you say is the most rewarding thing about what you're doing in engineering?
1: I think the most rewarding thing is um, working with people. Uh, I know I've talked a lot about it a lot about it, but it's just because I'm just something that I just I love working with people. I love working towards positive solutions with that and another facet of it being rewarding is rewarding the environment, making sure that our society is much greener in the future. That we're looking after our infrastructure, we're looking after it for the generations to come. That we don't have to look look into the future and think, "Oh gosh, you yeah, know this is awful." of <laughs> carbon um, emissions. Like I don't want our future to be a bleak future. I want it to be like a positive one, where we turn things around, where we um, come up with solutions that would never have been thought of before. Just because we are passionate as a generation and as a industry about being green. And so yeah, that's two two rewarding things how does having
0: a family fit into the kind of work that you do because it sounds incredibly demanding but yet you talk about the future yeah. like can women in engineering fit in all the other dimensions of being a woman
1: yeah I, I definitely think so I think like I have role models on site who prove that time and time again that they can um, balance a hugely successful career alongside a family alongside um you know traveling alongside experiences it's not all just about it sounds like really intimidating and really intense and if I had heard myself speaking two years ago I think I would have been like no way oh, I can't do this <laughs> because I think that's like sometimes a natural tendency um, especially with women like just you know I can't I can't do it I'll someone who can do it who's more capable than me but actually if you have that belief that you're capable at your job capable at raising a family or capable at gaining loads of experiences, if, if you know, I think it's all possible, you know, and sometimes my social life does suffer a tiny bit from <laughs> all the deadlines and coursework I have, but actually I, I live in a house share and um, we always find time to kind of have fun and like have that side of things as well. So um, yeah I definitely think it's possible based on the role models I have and, you know, lucky didn't have any children myself, but um, I'd definitely like to see the women who are generations above me just doing such an incredible job that I definitely think that I could have that in the future.
0: Would you recommend uh, what you're doing to youngsters who are thinking, that sounds really cool. Like, I wonder if I could do it. And if so, what kind of like key pieces of advice would you give anyone considering doing what you're doing given given that you've got like three years
1: of hindsight? Yeah, 100%, 100% recommend it. It's just an amazing experience. I don't regret any of the decisions I've made um, because I've learned so much, because I've gained so many friends so many colleagues and such an amazing network. I'm getting a degree. There's so much that is positive about the scheme. Also, not to even mention the fact I have no debt from university. I'm getting paid a really good salary um I kind of have this independent life um and I think that is wholeheartedly goes to my recommending 100% <laughs> uh, I think advice wise if I was to talk if I basically just talk to my 18 year old self and say like you want to do this you want to you want to do this scheme, you don't have very much confidence right now um which you, you should because you brain, um <laughs> but just just to be confident to like take every opportunity and start saying yes to things um say yes to things that are going to benefit you and your journey as a, on your career your academic journey just say yes just you know if there's something that's that tickles your fancy that you th- like a, an event um a conference if there's anything that you can go to that would benefit that journey just say yes and don't say no because you're nervous didn't say no because you didn't have very much confidence in yourself um because the more confidence you have in yourself the better I found the more confidence I've had in myself the better I've done like saying yes to this you know chat is is something that I don't think I would have done two years ago but I love the fact that maybe whoever sees this whoever reads the book whoever has that if if that is if that inspires just one person like that guy who came into my school and said like this is engineering if if that happens to just one person I will be unbelievably excited (laughs) because I just want people to know that this is my journey and this is how I've done it but you can do it better you can do it greater you can you know you can do it yourself and just have confidence um even when you don't have very much and just take every opportunity that's given to you that is a good one (laughs) Um, Uh, Anna
0: honestly you give me goosebumps (laughs) I'm really privileged to have met you and somehow got connected to you um thank you so much for taking the time to share your wisdom how does someone have such wisdom at 20 Um, and good luck for everything you're doing your, your career just sounds so exciting and uh you know i picked up a word in the states when i was living there which was badass and you are <laughs> the absolute <laughs> definition of badass well done what you're doing Thank i'm blushing you. so incredible um caring about our environment and powering people's homes and and um i can't wait to see what you do next
1: <laughs> it was it such a privilege to meet you? And um, oh, I can't believe I can't even with I'm even talking to you and fangirling a little bit <laughs> about your success. Like you as a role model is just incredible to, to be able to have these conversations. And um, yeah, I'm just immensely grateful. So Thank you for your time so. as <laughs> well.
0: Thanks for listening and please do subscribe to this podcast and maybe even rate and review it if you can. The more ratings and reviews, then the more interest from those trusty algorithms, which could help to increase the reach of this show. And you can watch the video recording of this conversation on YouTube on my new series called Esteemed. It's all about self-discovery, self-evolution and inclusivity on innovation. Let's all strive to be in the best versions of ourselves and celebrate others being themselves too. As always, be kind and loving and I wish you all a great week.